I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, November 7th, 2020. The economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar is It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon, here today with none other than Jennifer Thomas. Hey, Jennifer. Yes. Yeah, there you are. Jennifer's <laughs> on the phone, and uh, I may she might have nodded off. I don't know. <laughs> also got. I did not. You didn't. You didn't. All right. Jennifer's a uh, uh, certified financial planning certificate as I'm told we're supposed to call them. Uh, she also is the, uh, the, the grand poobah, the head of our uh, planning and implementation department at Hensler Financial and uh, full of knowledge on many, many things financial. And uh, we also have Jim Crone. Jim, I'm going to let you tell everyone, mm. I think you're a man with a clue. You're a certified uh. funds specialist. I mean, you got all kind of stuff. Insurance guy. That's sure. what I call you. Yeah. I only when I'm. I've been called a lot of things, yeah. but uh, I'll answer to most. And uh, in that regard, yeah, a couple, I gathered a couple of designations along the way. Yeah. One of them is, as you say, clue. It's a certified. Excuse me. Chartered life underwriter. Life underwriter. Chartered life underwriter. And, uh, Man with a clue. I have a clue. And then the other thing is I have a certified fund specialist. With a D on the end of yeah, that. Yeah, it's a D on the end, but I can drop the D and I'll go with the certified yeah. fund specialist too. So. Well, I just figured it meant that you knew how to set up one of those jump houses. And it's fall <laughs> hey. season, so you yeah. know, I figured you were in hot you were with, in with, hot demand right with now. With four kids that are grown, I've done that a time or two. I, I know how that so, works. Yeah. Come on over to Jim's Fun House. <laughs> yeah. Fun yeah. House. I'm not sure which it is. Yeah, we'll go with it. It's fun either way. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we weren't able to uh, show last weekend. Uh, mm. Had a little bit of trouble with the power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, hopefully everyone has gotten their stuff straightened out. There's probably a few trees still laying around. I, mm. I heard that uh, in the city of Atlanta they were like, reported at least 357 trees down uh as of that storm last into the day thursday of last week mm. so um and they said about 50 of them landed on the power lines <laughs> one was near my house that's yeah, for sure yeah. i heard it i hear you yeah well I, what was strange is i was kind of trapped in my neighborhood on yeah, thursday and uh we had a tree across the road power lines down uh power company came by or sent a crew by cut the tree out of the road, left the power lines in the road, and told us 
Ah, oh, they're fine. Just drive over them. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is not really the news you want to hear. Yeah, go ahead. It's fine. You go first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you say that. Uh, there were a whole lot of folks in my neighborhood that were chomping at the bit to get out, and after about 40 of them drove across the lines, I followed. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, you go first. I'll yeah. watch the sparks from my house. <laughs> but uh, yeah. didn't really happen. And like I say, hopefully everybody's... Back up and running. Uh, I haven't heard too many stories of folks that are still without a way to go or, you know, being able to see in the dark. Uh, Stock market. How about that stock market? Uh, With uh, the aftermath of the elections, which, um, you know. Still going. (laughs) uh, You can have an opinion one way or the other, and most of them are very visceral, and you're right. Still going. Um, The S&P gained six and a quarter percent in the last week. Um, really strange. One of the things that I had watched uh, was that indicator where the stock market usually will tell you who is the president. So since it's still too close to call uh, as of this taping, I I can't really tell you whether it was right or not. (laughs) Uh, I will tell you that in the three months prior to the election, if you count it from the beginning of August to the end of October, the market, according to the S&P 500, was down 0.04%. Now, is that telling you that it's going to be a close election? Hmm. I think that's as close as it's ever been. Wow. If you mark it from August 3rd until the end of the day on November 2nd, the market was up. So that's the way I'd been measuring it. I thought the market said Donald Trump wins. Yeah. Uh, in the aftermath, as I said, we're up six and a quarter percent. Um, what I think the market is saying, uh, before all the details are out and known is that, um, we're probably not going to have significant regulatory change, which means that no matter who the president is, it looks like the Senate will probably stay Republican. Mm. Uh, that being the case, uh, you wouldn't think that, uh, they're going to be willing to change anything with the tax code uh, or significant regulations that would uh, uh, cause businesses to spend extra money, which would cost them in profitability. Yep. Obviously, investors like cash flow, and the more profit you've got, the more likely you are to, to have cash flow that you can pass along to Reinvest them. Reinvest it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh if you look at the details, um, we have a different winner this week, not the same old information technology. This <laughs> this week, uh, health care has jumped significantly, up 8.17%. Materials is up 7.77%. You seldom see materials lead the market, except in those recoveries from a recession. So this, with uh, materials leading, you would think that um, there's a little bit of something going on. Uh, it's Materials often are, are pretty heavy in uh, chemicals. Chemicals have something to do, obviously, with energy. Um, energy is up, but it's only up about 4% in the last week, which is great news for those who have invested heavily in energy. Year-to-date, energy is down 50.69%. Um, if you, uh, if you think about it in that context, maybe materials are flying out of the anticipation for growth in the future. Now I could have made that same claim, uh, back on Monday when, uh, we saw week over week an increase in the 10 year treasury, usually higher treasury yields also, uh, point toward future growth. 
but in the the period since the election, we've seen that totally reverse. So we're down hmm. uh, on Treasury yields uh, more than 10 basis points. Uh, it doesn't sound like much until you stop and consider that it only is gi- <laughs> it's only given you uh, 0.74% uh, on a 10-year Treasury. Yeah. How in the world did we get here? You know, insurance companies have a function, a big function that builds around that 10-year Treasury market. Sure. So they sure. have a lot of challenges in that regard as well. So Yeah. Uh, usually, I mean, you think about it, it's that's not sufficient to cover inflation. No. And if you're talking about covering uh, someone's, you know, in, insurance, there's a lot of arguments to be made as to what its purpose is. Uh, one of the main ones is, uh, a replacement of income, right? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so uh, if you're assuming that it would replace your income, uh, low interest rates don't help the insurance companies no. to lay off that risk very well. Uh, net interest income is a huge portion of, of the uh, revenue that's generated within those insurance companies as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you've got a portfolio that's Pumping out a, a whopping one and a half, two and a half percent, something like that. Ain't how a lot much, of juice. How much profit do you think they're going to be Ain't making? Ain't a lot of juice in that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, with yields falling, that means prices are up. Right. So you know they have that benefit as well. Um, when you think about it as a total return, uh, getting back to those uh, returns on the market, the S and P 500 year to date is up. Eight and a quarter, eight point eight two percent. Technology is up thirty two point two three percent. As I mentioned before, energy on the other end down fifty point six nine. Financials, including those insurance companies, hmm. really banks leading us down. But uh, financials are down eighteen point two one percent. Banks are have you know they have a similar issue when yields interest rates are low, but it's even worse for banks when the yield curve is flat, meaning that there's not much difference between the short end, meaning borrowing in three months or a year or two years, versus borrowing in uh, the interest rates related to that 10-year or 20-year Treasury spot. So uh, the reason being, banks obviously lend long on mortgages and those sorts of things, so 10, 20, you know, 30 years. Uh, but they borrow short-term in order to provide that uh, lending on the long-term. They just do a whole lot more of it, continue to churn it and, and turn roll it. it. Yeah, roll yeah. It. and it's, uh, you know, over long periods of time, that's what you wind up with. So uh, banks still struggling. If you look over the last 12 months, uh, the stock market, strangely enough, is giving us uh, 14, almost 14.5% return. Um Information technology is up 43%. Energy is still down about 50 and a half. Uh, and there's a whole lot in between. So there's a huge divergence in uh, uh, in stocks in uh, various industry sectors. Technology being great, energy being bad, financials being bad, consumer discretionary being positive. Much of that being driven by none other than Amazon. <laughs> they make up about 43% of that group. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we've got a dog of the week. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks.
This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, we got a dog of the week this week coming straight from Indonesia. I mean, that's a long way for a dog to travel, long right? Way, long way. Uh, so it's uh, it's interesting to me. There's a hospitality college in Indonesia called the Venus One Tourism Academy. Uh, if anybody wanted to visit, uh, it's over close to your house, Jim. Jinyar uh, <laughs> Bali. It's in Bali. Okay. Uh, so they've they know that their students have been facing some financial hardships with COVID, and uh, they have decided that they will allow them to pay with a different type of currency: coconuts. <laughs> You can pay your tuition to the to the Venus One Tourist Academy with coconuts. Uh, they say that what they're doing, the school um, actually uses the uh, the coconuts to harvest the virgin coconut oil, which uh, mm. is used in some manner. I think they make uh, various things, soap products and whatnot. But uh, you can also pay with moringa leaves. Couldn't tell you what that is, <laughs> and uh, go to cola leaves. Couldn't tell you what that is either. Hmm. If you could ever pay with oak leaves, I got a yard full of them right now. <laughs> and coming. I could probably get my PhD. <laughs> They're coming down daily now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like. Well, for a while it was acorns. I mean, I could pay hmm. you still. Uh, I could be a millionaire if we could turn <laughs> acorns into a currency. But uh, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. It's just really interesting to me that you see. As as an offshoot of COVID, the school has made sure to let everyone know it's safe to come back to their school. Mm. School's having some financial issues, too, I think. <laughs> uh, but they've done all they could to make um, make it as safe as possible. So they, they make mask wearing mandatory. Uh, they've reduced the uh, class sizes, and they do frequently have temperature checks. But uh, anyone who wants to go uh, to Venus One Tourism Academy in Bali, if you've got a sack full of coconuts, you might be in. Yeah. How I, many coconuts equals a dollar? <laughs> well, Jennifer, I'm not real sure. I, in fact, I didn't even, I went to their website or tried to go, and all I could find was a Facebook page. It's got a lot of interesting pictures. Um, there's a lot of purple involved at the School of Tourism, but uh, I never saw the cost of you currency know, exchange wasn't I, readily available. There, there was not a currency exchange. <laughs> there was there was not an even an amount that it costs if you mm-hmm. have uh, uh, normal currency. I guess that means they don't have a lot of college debt. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> those yeah. that are there probably don't have to get to a debt issue. Yeah, I think I think uh, your your comment points to the fact that we're actually pretty spoiled in the United mm. States. Whereas if we want to go to school, we can borrow from the government. Mm-hmm. And uh, go whenever, wherever, and I don't even think you have to have that good of credit. Yeah. Uh, it's just well, that you was, can't default. I'm on. going to I'm going to Florida over Thanksgiving, so I thought I might <laughs> be able to pick up some coconuts while I was there. You very well could. Uh, I hope you post those pictures on Facebook. Are you climbing the tree, or are you going to have somebody else do it? <laughs> Jim will climb the tree. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like who? What was that, uh, Lauren? Uh, what was it? The Call of the Wild, or remember that show? Oh, I know when yeah. I was a kid, they'd they'd say, "I'm going to sit in the truck while Jim goes out and wrestles <laughs> yeah. the alligator." <laughs> I think it was Mutual Omaha's Mutual Wild Omaha. Kingdom. That's, that's what it was. So exactly speaking right. of insurance companies, yeah, there you go. Uh, we but, can wrestle uh, it. Anyway, so yeah, it just seems strange to me that you can now use coconuts and coconut oil 
as a currency in Bali. Hmm. Um, so, you know, when I, I'm going to keep monitoring that if they ever open it up to acorns. I'm, I'm gone, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Get my Ph.D. over there. All right, well, uh, we have a uh, situation we want to talk about, but before we get into that, I did want to uh, make note, we're about 80% of the way through earnings season, um, and uh, since we have had such an impact um, to the economy, I did want to make a point of going over this earnings uh, surprise and and, um, sales surprise is significantly positive, so so the uh, companies in the... S&P 500 have done much better than uh, they were expected. Now, growth is still negative relative to this quarter last year, but um, the uh, surprise in earnings is 17.5%, with the biggest spots showing consumer discretionary surprises up 100%. That's after 40 of 60 companies in the S&P 500 consumer discretionary sector have reported. So that's pretty significant. The only one that's negative is uh, utilities, which are down 18.3%. I wonder, you know, you wouldn't expect that um, uh, utilities are pretty easy to um, forecast. Their their earnings are very stable, uh, predictable. uh, Companies that we like, I mean, usually have those predictable earnings, but it's it's a 18% negative surprise, and the revenue is negative as well, 1.8. As for growth, it's a bit worse than than that. Negative 6.72%, so a contraction of 6.72% in earnings growth uh, relative to third quarter of 2019. Not, again, a big surprise. We're still recovering, but we are showing significant signs of recovery. Uh, within the economy, where do you think the hot spot is, Jim? Uh, you got this, man. Tech. Healthcare. Ah. Healthcare is up 16.23% uh, in earnings relative to 2019. Now, you said technology. Uh, technology, what do we say, is up year-to-date 30-some percent? <laughs> A good number. Earnings are up 5.17%. What does that tell you, Jim? It's a little whopped. It could be that uh, that uh, prices, of, have, prices have outstripped their earnings just a smidge in the information technology sector. I, I've talked about this quite a bit. Uh, you know, if you look at growth-type stocks, technology's right in the middle of that. Uh, some consumer discretionary uh, industrials, those type of stocks, they they're usually do well when the economy does well and and uh, you see significant earnings growth in those. Uh, but they're about 65% overvalued relative to their long-term price-to-earnings ratio. Value stocks, which have done far worse in the last 10 months, mm. uh, are still at a slight premium, about 20%. Where the real uh, value seems to lie right now is those dividend-paying companies. Mm which are at about a 20% discount to their long-term price-to-earnings ratio. If you're looking, you know, if that's if that's your thing, not so much momentum, check out some utilities. Uh, All those earnings are negative a little bit. Get them at a good price. <clears throat> yeah, you, you should be able to. Mm. All right, well, we've got a situation we wanted to talk about, and uh, let uh, Jim flex his okay. brain. Uh, <laughs> we got a, a situation where Paul, who's divorced, um, age 54, 
uh, noted that his father had died with uh, no need for long-term care. However, his mother required eight years of care. His parents were wealthy, or weren't wealthy, I'm sorry, uh, but they lived a comfortable life having lived in a family home for more than 45 years. That's being rooted right there. Mm. Uh, Paul's mother uh, didn't have long-term care insurance and uh, wound up depleting her assets over over her years of care. In the late in the last eight years of her life, Paul's mother lived in five different long-term care facilities. Mm. Wow! So yeah. she lived in the same house for 45 years, yeah. and at the end of her life, she became a real Rolling Stone. Yeah, that's largely driven by uh, some of the things that happen in that in that industry. So many times somebody might transition uh, at their choice from home, from a home that they lived in for many, many years, to one that's assisted living, and it moves more into an apartment-type style, which is in a larger community, has other uh, added amenities, facilities, and, and access to care kind of thing. Yeah. And then... Then you have other, they can transition to other layers and levels of care, which is, it sounds like what happened here is that mm-hmm. uh, with added medical issues, you might have a hospitalization. And when you do that, you have to make a fundamental decision. Do you want to keep paying on your assisted living and still have to go to potentially the, one, the hospital, but more importantly, if you go from a hospital to a uh, convalescent care or a an added layer of uh, training or physical rehab, sure. you're going to have to make some fundamental decisions about the economics behind all that. Because you would still, I assume, have to pay for right. wherever that's, you were when where, you went to the hospital. That's right. right. So yeah. you have to think that one through. The families many times have to go through that and deal with that and manage that. So Paul, at age 54, I guess, is looking at this as, what do I do? Since yeah. he's got two different examples in his in his lineage, one that didn't need anything, and then yeah. his mom, who obviously gobbled up, did gobbled up the quote inheritance. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, I, you know, I, I think Dr. Jean says it. So she was really close to doing the perfect thing, right? Dr. Jean she says if you right planned there. it perfectly, yep. you, the last check you write will bounce. Yeah. So she got close. She got close. That that stress factor of the remaining family members is exceedingly high. I'm so, sure, yeah. You know, you're having to no figure doubt. all those things out on top of having to deal with just emotions that w- that get factored in. And then juggling, you know, having potentially to move from one facility to another with somebody who is elderly. And, you know, it, it can have a – it can weigh on a lot of different issues. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I'm sure that at the end of the game, if her funding had ran out, she gets to live with Paul. Well, either that or Paul has to figure out how to pay for it. Right. You know, if, if he recognizes that he just can't take care of that, he's going to have to figure out how to get to the resources that can. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And, and, and that and, can and be some costly. of the times we talk to people, you know, when they're looking at, you know, whether or not to purchase uh, long-term care insurance, um, you know, I'm sure that they didn't think that they would spend down that nest egg. And while it was the perfect way, like you're talking about when Gene says, you know, your last check will bounce. But a lot of people have worked very hard for that money and they don't, they want it to go on to their heirs. They exactly. don't want to deplete that through a health care event where right. they need long-term care. Yeah, great point. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, some of the costs that we're looking at these days, um, 
you know, rehab facilities can be pretty expensive. What this is about, this is uh, numbers from 2015-16, 9300 bucks a month. Yeah. What's interesting is um, there are there is information readily available, and we provide it when we have long-term care conversations. And we'll actually get details about where they currently live, but more importantly, where they think where a prospective client might want to retire. Because much of what you've just referenced is uh, area dependent. Right. So Florida is going to be a whole lot more expensive than, say, Atlanta. Or yeah. even Louisiana is going to be a whole lot different than upstate New York or, or midtown New York. Sure. Or Pennsylvania right. even. And so, so targeting where they live or where they will likely live when they have retirement-focused energies and effort is going to be a big function. And we'll gather and get that data. We don't, we'll put it in there to add context to the conversation. We would never go to the prospect and say to them, well, we're going to ensure the whole financial risk. We would say we want to use these as benchmarks and data points to add context to the reason why you look at long-term care insurance. Sure. Well, Jim, when we come back, let's talk a little about when you might uh, start considering that. We're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang. I was told when I get older all my fears would shrink. But now I'm insecure and I care what people think. My name's Blurry Face and I care what you think. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are now in a pandemic-induced recession. recession. You're listening to Money Talks. Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jim Crone and Jennifer Thomas. And uh, we've been talking a bit about uh, long-term care insurance and uh, how important it is to make sure that you're cared for properly in your old age. The, the, the biggest piece of financial planning that everyone should really focus on, and most do, is living longer than your money. Amen. And uh, some people have enough. I mean, you plan well, and you can make sure that you don't, but uh, there's a certain point at which you have to stop and think, there's some things that are well beyond our control. Number one, you don't always get to retire when you want to. Sometimes you get retired, if you know what I mean. They Mm -hmm. send you out to pasture before you're ready. Mm. Uh, And then, you know, your spending habits or health Issues might cause you to, uh, again, live beyond. Uh, I guess health can go one of two ways, right? Yeah. It either gets you or yeah. it it gets you hurt and you have to pay to figure to, it out. Yeah. I, I want to pull on something Jennifer said earlier, and that is, in large part, I think we try to frame the whole long-term care conversation around choices. Right. And so uh, and when you get to that point... Um, even clients that are, quote, well off and don't quite need it. All right. So there's a category of folks that need it. Right. right? But then there's a category of folks who are well off enough, but mathematically they could likely go ahead and take care of it. If they had an event, they could probably figure out how to manage it with their resources. Sure. The question to those folks is what's the most efficient way to handle it? And sometimes insurance uh, we can walk down one of a couple of different paths. One is a repurposing of an existing contract that they might have had life insurance for many years and 
had developed some cash value, and they get to a place where in their math, in their math equation, it doesn't factor all that terribly much. But if you repurpose that policy to add a long-term care event or something that would pay out to cover long-term care events, that's a very popular move that's being done with life insurance and annuities so that we can now take an issue, a risk issue, off the table or maybe diminish the risk issue and cover a long-term care event with a policy that wasn't necessarily going to have factored in to their overall picture, right? So that's sure. one of those areas. And and uh, we do a lot of comparison analysis between sure. contracts where we have what I characterize as traditional long-term care versus the hybrid options like the life with long-term care or the annuities with long-term care. And in our world, when we saw, sit and talk to clients, we're running at about a 50-50 Clients that make choices to, to select a traditional model is about 50%. The same 50% is for hybrid options. But in the industry, if you get all the publications and you see a lot of the data that's out there, probably uh, 8 out of 10 are hybrid options being sold today. And, oh, okay. uh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Jim, before we get too much deeper into this, I do want to tell folks how they can get in touch with us and uh, – We've got a question hotline. If folks would like to uh, have us answer their financial questions on the air, you can call 1-855-429-9166. The way it works, you'll hear our recorded message at the beep. You'll uh, give us your recorded message, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, if you prefer instead to talk to a human being, you can do that by calling 770-429-9166. Um, you will ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, they will patch through to her. She'll talk to you for a bit and get your question and uh, give it to us, and we can answer your question on the air. Keep them financial. Jim might have more. I mean, you know, his his fun skills are probably way better than mine. Mm. Uh, but uh, if you don't want to use your phone in that manner at all, you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Um, you will also include your question, and Kelly Lynn still will be the one who makes sure that we all see it. Uh, if you are kind of a do-it-yourselfer, we've got lots of information loaded on Hensler dot com, including probably some insurance stuff. I know... Jim, you know, he gets a little giddy when we start yeah. talking about insurance well, and, and those sorts of things. Well, and it just so happens how appropriate to be talking about long-term care because, Troy, as you probably know, this is Long-Term <laughs> Care Awareness Month. Oh, yeah. I know Jennifer <laughs> knew it. Yeah. Yeah, I have it on my uh, day planner. <laughs> yeah. It pops up every morning. We have special <laughs> events done every day in the Long-Term Care Awareness Month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were talking, and while most holidays are created by card companies mm. to sell more cards, this was created by insurance companies to sell more insurance. Oh, I figured it was just for fun. <laughs> oh, you probably then missed September, which was life insurance awareness. Month. Oh, yeah. I, I did miss that, oh, darn Jim. And well, if I had known that September was life insurance month, I would have missed the whole month. Well, I'm going to put you Can down. Can I skip I'm going to put you down for June next year because that's Annuity Awareness Month. <laughs> okay. Well, when is uh, Watch the Grass Grow Month? I <laughs> want to hit that one Give right us time. Off. We'll come up with one every month. 
Yeah. Oh, I I do not doubt that. <laughs> you fun specialists. But, but I, in all seriousness, I do think it's important, though. Like, there are a lot of people out there that have no idea, do I really need long-term care? Is that something that mm. would fit for me? And if you're unsure, you know, you like you can come to someone like a financial planner who can run a set of financial plans and show you what it would look like, or this is what we do for our clients. We show them this is what it would look like if you had a long-term care event and you had to go in, you know, we just make some assumptions. You had to go into a facility at a certain age and you were in there for X number of months or years or however long we want to, you know, make the assumptions. And we can run different scenarios and show you what it would look like if you had insurance that covered it versus if you didn't and whether or not you could cover that long-term care event from your assets or whether it would be better for you to have an insurance type policy. Jennifer, do you run kind of a a scenario analysis where you mentioned earlier that many folks have saved and, uh, you know, want to pass their assets on to the next generation or to a charity or whomever. Uh, Do you do you run an analysis that that would show the difference as to how much they would have to to leave to that next generation? Jim, this might be something you could answer too because i know yeah. you mentioned that even some people that are that are wealthy and will not have a problem covering their lifespan with their assets often look at it that way right sure and even well for us even with spending i mean you know you're whether it's spending on an insurance product or any type of spending it's more if i spent this much money how much would be left at you know, my general life expectancy. And we can, you know, it's not 100% accurate, but we can project out what we feel like. Because there's a lot of people that, and if you do your planning ongoing so that you update your plans every couple of years or so, then you can see, am I still in line with that? If you have a want to leave X number of dollars to your children, then we can, you know, tell you, okay, well, this is the most you could spend and do that. Right, and maybe following up on that, you can dig deeper into that long-term care conversation. And, you know, every bit of insurance should have a focus about leverage in some way, shape, or form. And so um, there are some options that we've talked about, traditional models versus hybrid models. And kind of following on what Jennifer just said, if someone in their mind says, gosh, I'd like to cover some layer of uh, risk in terms of a long-term care event, but I don't want my money to have just been thrown away if I don't ever use it. And that's where a hybrid option can be a meaningful part because hybrids typically built on life insurance. And so with that, you have a fundamental reality that somebody's going to get a benefit out of the hybrid policy in one way, shape, or form, either in the form of tax-favored long-term care benefits. But if those never come, you have life insurance that will be paid to the beneficiary. Sure. All right. Well, uh, Jim, that's been awesome. i got to tell you, this is the most fun I've ever had. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick break when we come back. Believe it or not, we're going to have even more fun. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Money Talks. Life can turn on a dime. Know where your dimes are. This is Money Talks. It 
Sure can. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jim Crone and Jennifer Thomas, and we've been talking about some long-term care insurance and uh, why you might need to pay attention to it. Uh, several things come into play. Um, if you've got questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. Our question hotline is 1-855-429-9166. Uh, the way it works, you call, you'll get our voice message um, You'll leave your message, including your question. We'll play it on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer to talk to a human, you can call 770-429-9166. Ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, they'll patch you through to her. She'll take your question and get it to us where we'll answer it on the air. Um, If you just don't want to make a phone call at all, you can email us, drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Uh, we also have a website, Hensler.com, spelled in the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com, that um, has lots and lots of information downloaded. Uh, you probably can read content that Jennifer might have created, some things that I have created in the past. Uh Information on government's response to COVID. Uh, we're getting about time to start being concerned about forgiveness of the PPP. So, uh, you know, you'll probably have some content to check out there. Um, anything financial, uh, we have seem to have at least a story that will help you there. So check us out on the Internet. Um, so uh guy, 54 years old, concerned mm-hmm. about um, his uh, long-term care, whether or not he should buy it. We've talked through uh, most of the details there. And uh, anything else you want to add to that? You know, uh, his... Jim, his, listen, the, I'm calling you John. When did you become John? <laughs> I've been called lots of things. I think, yeah, so, yeah. I'm an insurance so, guy. Like the go. worst thing I could <laughs> think of. But, um, I do have a question. Yeah. Is there an optimal age to That's look a, for long-term care? I'm glad you had. I almost prompted you for that one, didn't you? Didn't I, Jennifer? No, actually, that's <laughs> a really good question. You know, I will say in my experience in this industry, uh, I've, I've entered my 29th year. Uh, I've put more emphasis in some of the broader topics relative to, say, long-term care over the last, say, 10 or 15 years. Um, but um, I have seen the average age of the conversation move lower and lower each year. And so uh, I have more clients today that are having this conversation around between ages of 50 to, say, 60 than ever before. Yeah. Um, is that where you're saying is probably I would say that's a good, co- good starting point of having that initial conversation. Going through that planning that Jennifer talked about is meaningful because – it helps, um, you know, to the end, we're, we would draw conclusions with a client to say, look, um, we would never try to ensure the full financial risk of a, you know, forever long-term care event. But sure. we want to add whatever layers of context that would bring, bring in cost of care. It would bring in average age on which somebody begins a care event, how long the care event occurs, and uh, current assets, potential growth of assets, uh, liquidity of assets, because that's a meaningful part of the conversation, too. Sure. You have most of your assets in retirement accounts. It's going to get double whammy to get those assets. Right, because you have to pay tax. There you, you go. Withdraw it. Or if you have a lot of land, it's hard to turn that into liquidity. Yeah, it's not liquid at all, real estate. And so that's an added element. And I will even say we're having deeper layers of conversation. It used to sort of just be a bland 
this version of long-term care versus that version. Now there are deeper layers of that because certain policies will pay uh, benefits to um, family members. Sure. Now those are going to have a special rider that allows for that to be the the case. But you're saying family members as the caregiver. Family members as the caregiver can receive a the client can have a policy that will pay benefits to, to cover the cost of actually not so much the cost but just you if you're in that position and you want to pay a granddaughter or if you want to pay somebody to help sure. come a couple of days a week. Well, you have a policy that allows for that to be the case. I see. All right. Yeah. So uh, lots of interesting things to consider. And you mentioned how much and when you might start in the future. The one thing you got to think about with health care, uh, although inflation right now is around 1.4% in the economy overall, health care inflation is something like 5.5%. It's kicking. Yeah, it's much, much bigger than uh, your assets. So, you know, we usually figure that um, the stock market grows at about 10.5% per year. Uh, over long term, um, you're uh, you're you're yeah. eating up some serious assets if you're right. having to worry about your uh, inflation on health care tomorrow relative to today. Sure. Even you know having to consider. That. And when you lay those down side by side, uh, our objective would be to build a bridge inside of a long term care of policy event, so that you're not you, you might have a, a policy that would cover a say a three to a four year event is a common approach that you recognize that um, I might need short-term liquidity over a specific period of time over a a very uh, event-driven dynamic, right? If you have an event because of injury or illness, you want to make sure that you have something that creates tax-favored benefits to cover that period, and then other assets can continue to do what they were originally intended to do. Yeah, exactly. All right, so if you have questions specific to your situation that are centered around whether or not you should buy uh, long-term care insurance, you can give us a call at 770-429-9166. As Jennifer mentioned, uh, they run financial plans all the time uh, for for clients who are trying to answer these types of questions. She can give you scenarios, and uh, if you decide to go with it, Jim can get out there in the independent market and find you some good costs Mm -hmm. on on the the care that you might need. So, right. uh, um, again, you know, you can give us a call at Hensler Financial, 770-429-9166. I've got a question here I want to cover. William from Smyrna has asked, so my favorite workflow management tool, this guy would probably love the fact that it's uh, long-term care month <laughs> and insurance. My o- favorite awareness. workflow it's management awareness. tool. Oh, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. <laughs> uh, Asana went public a few weeks ago. I've been a long-term, a long-time customer of Asana. Asana. Listen, I can't even talk. I'm so flabbergasted over long-term care awareness. Oh, there you go. Uh, of Asana, and I've seen the company grow and continuously develop it, develop its products. I worry though because they have one product, as far as I know. And furthermore, Asana can be used free indefinitely. I saw this was also a direct listing, different than an IPO. That is absolutely true. It is different. Uh, can you shed some light on the company and the direct listing? Yeah, um, Asana, as you've mentioned, is a uh, uh, workflow management or a work management platform. So if you have a project, the individuals that are working on that project can can uh, use this tool as a way to communicate with each other. They can assign each other uh, tasks within Mm -hmm. the project. Uh, You can even look at a timeline as to when it might uh, be completed. Uh, The note that it is 
free. I will tell you, uh, obviously a negative if you were looking at it as an investment, but uh, also the revenue on this company has grown by over 85% in the last 12 months. Whoa. So uh, maybe the free is the piece you need to worry most about. If you really love it, though, it seems to be a one of a kind. There aren't very many other options out there. What I would imagine, this company uh, did price their IPO or their direct um, listing uh Within the market at about 1.5 billion right now, it has fallen since then. It went from about 22 bucks up to 28 the day after it listed, uh, but the price has fallen since then to a, a, a around 20 bucks, so 28 down to 20. Mm. Uh, but it looks pretty positive. A direct listing is where the company itself sells shares openly. They don't use a broker or anyone else. They sell direct share directly. Uh, to investors on the exchange. So they don't really get any money from it except for the fact that they're selling shares already created. This is not like an IPO where new shares are created. Wish I had more time to flesh it out, but uh, that is a show, folks. And I say the market's up this week. Jennifer, what do you think? I'm going to go up. All right. Jim? I like to buy long-term care because it's long-term care awareness (laughs) month. Fun guy you are. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.